on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals. More about the Moors. Elijah, Rondell, DJ, Spaceman takes a journey with all of them. Stay tuned. Welcome to a tale of two rivals, a fantasy football podcast put on by your three-peat number two in our league, going for my fourth ring champion, and a numbers-obsessed, spreadsheet-loving, might not even make playoffs in our league, nerd, to find some sort of consensus to share with you, the fantasy football listener. Who am I joined by? You're joined by at FF underscore Spaceman Dave, right? And I'm in fourth place, dude. I'm six and three, one, one win behind you. I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. I don't know what you're I talking about. I see the slide uh, coming. Then- I see the slide coming. This is when Dave overthinks it. There's going to be like a deadline trade that's going to lose it for you. Dave, I see it coming. I see it coming. Here comes the slide. You put too much faith into the spreadsheets. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, I wish I spent more time with the spreadsheets, but that's what I spend this show for and Rookie Fever for to dive into the spreadsheets, Todd. I am excited. We're a day late this week. Doesn't matter. We're still got the same energy, the same banter, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good, man. We delayed it a day because I was exhausted. Just a lot of like family stuff, work stuff. Uh, work's been super busy, but good. Unified basketball has just been a blast, but another thing on my plate. So yeah, man. I'm feeling good. Had a personal day. Took a nap today. I'm ready to roll. Let's go. Personal day before the holiday. That's a money move. In all fairness, I was having a service done in my house, and it was like between 8 and 12, so I'm like, eh, let's throw a personal day on it. Let's dive into content tonight, shall we? Davey, who's your first more that we're going to learn more about? I'm really disappointed that this first more, Elijah Moore, took off last week because I had him highlighted and circled as someone... I've been thinking to talk about for a couple of weeks now. I was able to squeeze him in after his wide receiver one overall week last week. But let's break him down. Things were not pretty from a fantasy output in weeks one through three. Elijah Moore was never higher than the wide receiver 54 in PPR. And then he missed week four with a concussion before returning week five to put up zero fantasy points on 0 for 2 of targets, something like that. Not good through the first five weeks. And then week seven... Moore has been the wide receiver 12. And a lot of it has to do with, with getting that huge like 27-point PPR output last week. But still, wide receiver 12 overall the last three weeks. And w- what's the difference, Todd, is between weeks, you know, the weeks one through uh, seven or one through five, let's say, and then weeks seven through nine? What, what's the big difference? His catch rate was 40% the first uh, weeks one through seven, and now it's up to 70% catch rate and then his catchable target rate which is basically you know the targets that were catchable were 54 percent in weeks one through one through five and now it jumped up to 93 percent the last couple of, or the last three weeks and that's a huge difference 54 percent catchable targets and 93 percent and his qbr when targeted was 42 all the way was a 42 qb rating when targeted the first five, uh one through five 
and then all the way up to 88 per, uh, 88 QB rating when targeted the last uh, three weeks. So that's pretty stark difference. And obviously the big thing that I haven't mentioned yet is that there was a huge schism after Zach Wilson went down. And Todd, you know that I've never, I have not been a Zach Wilson fan from the get. I, I have not been, I have labeled him as probably one of the, as some other people have too, as the biggest bus candidate. Uh, I thought they should have taken Justin Fields at two. Uh, all, all these things about Zach Wilson. But I actually, believe it or not, even on Twitter, I w- led people to believe that it was a Zach Wilson issue. But I do not think Zach Wilson and his negative, uh, league worst, Todd, league worst negative EPA per, or, uh, EPA per dropback is the, is the key factor here of why uh, Moore has shut up. The biggest thing has been Moore's ADOT. In the first one th- in weeks one through five, his ADOT was almost 17 yards per target. And then the last three games, Todd, it's dropped all the way down to nine yards per target. That's a huge reason leading to why his targets have been, you know, much more valuable, why they've been catchable. Now, what, what are the reasons for this? One is because of probably Zach Wilson's game. He's a little bit more of a gunslinger, holds the ball a bit longer, tries to make the big play. But I think the Jets have purposely tried to go with a quick passing op- offense, which is Mike White's uh, game. Uh, that's what they've, and then even Josh Johnson, they tried to get the ball out of his hands quick. And when their offensive line, Todd has been struggling, you'd think that's actually a good overall plan with your rookie QB, but that's not what they've been doing. Looking back with a, a quarterback who's playing more in rhythm of the offense, getting more on time passing throws is the goal for the jets and a big barometer for Salah and that whole regime. There is what happens when Zach Wilson comes back. Are they going to continue with this type of passing attack? Or are they going to have Zach Wilson hold the ball and get hit and try to th- attack the ball down the field more? Because they've had some success on offense playing with Mike White uh, uh, on using this. So I think it's a big barometer for the Jets going forward and how if this coaching scheme can adjust, can notice the difference in their offenses and how it's helping them and how it helps the offensive line, helps the quarterback and everything else involved. Now, what does this mean going forward? I think Elijah Moore has been good despite a bad situation early on. And if people looked at, and I know it's popular to talk about Elijah Moore right now because he had the huge couple weeks. But regardless, Todd, the peripherals were there beforehand. He had, you know, honestly, his, his target share has kind of decreased a little bit a little since the last couple of weeks. But his targets have gone up. But overall, his target shares has gone down to like 14% over this time. So it's not even like he's had a huge target share increase. So peripherals are there. I, I like what I'm seeing for Elijah Moore here, and, and it's been, I think people are really just seeing some some touchdown variants and seeing a different scheme really pay off for Elijah Moore, which is promising going forward here, Todd. But it's the Jets. Am I confident that's going to move forward if they're going to make the right choices? Uh, I don't know. What are you, thoughts on Elijah Moore? Yeah, I'm with you, man, on the, uh, I almost talked about him a couple of times over the last few weeks because I thought he was a great buy-low for a team that wasn't playoff bound. And you're right, with the dot with the 17 yards versus the nine, like, Elijah Moore is a versatile player. He can get down the field. He can make a catch. He can actually make a catch in traffic for being even a smaller player. He was like one of my favorite players to watch on film with. His separation is amazing. His feet's fantastic. Great release. So you know it's all there. But the thing with the Jets is you have to remember is that like rookie coach, rookie QB, rookie wide receiver, there's going to be growing pains there, right? What makes more special is getting the ball in space and let him be Elijah Moore. It's kind of funny. Like him and Rondell Moore are pretty similar even though Rondell Moore is a little bit more dynamic where I think Elijah Moore is more of a pure receiver 
yeah, man. I mean, you got to be able to be patient. I also think that when you see guys like Jamar Chase, like, blowing up, and, like, we saw what C.D. Lamb did last year, like, people are, like, really quick to abandon rookies that aren't blowing up on, like, the first half of the rookie year. Like, there's just so many reasons to be patient with the Elijah Moore situation. And, yes, they should be sticking to the short passing game because it fits their personnel best. You also forget about Jamison Crowder on the other side. So you got those two guys who could definitely be making a living in those intermediate short routes over the middle, outs, quick quick screens, whatever. And then when you get a, a healthy Corey Davis who can stretch the field, you kind of have a more of a dynamic offense, but you also have something that's a little bit more efficient and can move the ball. It's an offense without a lot of identity. And the thing I also noticed over that offense is they've been targeting Ty Johnson a lot more too. So I definitely think they're trying to be a little more efficient in uh, just moving the ball versus like trying to make those big plays. And I think Zach Wilson will probably go to that games go to that game scheme because the gunswing is not working right now. It's just not. And like with his line, that's that's not going to be an effective way to move an offense. So I think the coaching staff is going to right the ship with him on that and the mentality, and they're going to continue to do what's been successful. I'm hopeful because we both liked Elijah Moore a lot. A positive thing is, Todd, he's still getting used out of the slot a bunch, but he's not just in the slot. I think he's only like 30% slot rate for the season, somewhere around there, nothing crazy. So he's being used on the outside as well. While he wasn't getting uh, accurate targets, he was still getting some severe, some, uh, some significant air yards during the season. So he's showing a wide variety of range uh, of being used all over the field. And Todd, he's been getting some carries. I think he got a, a rushing touchdown a couple weeks ago. Those are all positive. You know, we, I harped on how it was exciting that Rondell Moore is gets, uh, you know, is getting in the jet sweeps and everything. It's a positive sign to see that for Elijah Moore as well. Yeah, Elijah Moore is a phenomenal football player. And like I, like I said in the beginning, like patience. It's like with anybody you have from the Jets, it's patience. Except Corey Davis. If Corey Davis isn't hitting now, it's just time to bail him. First of all, who's invested in Corey Davis? The guy didn't even put up points in week 16 in the championships last year. Come on. <laughs> all right, Davey. Next guy. He's a winner. Next guy is more number two, DJ Moore. Uh, listeners, I have to make an important announcement. If you're driving, lifting heavy materials, or operating dangerous machine- machinery, I reckon you stop, find a safe place, because I'm about to say something that's pretty pretty tough to hear. Thank you. I was operating my forklift while I was on mute. I appreciate that. Todd, I know you, I know you like to multitask during the show. So uh, <laughs> DJ Moore... He hasn't had a game better than the wide receiver 23 in PPR since week four. And over that span, he's the wide receiver 50. So no higher than the wide receiver 23 on a week basis. And he's the wide receiver 50 from weeks five through nine. Oh, I should have given a kid's, I should have given a kid's warning, not safe for kid, women, you know, NSFW, whatever that freaking means. Warning too. I apologize for anyone, the kids out there who heard that and people who are crying themselves to sleep at night hearing that. But yeah, dark times in the DJ Moore fan base, the truthers, it, it's it's really tough, Todd. But let's go back to over the first four games and to happier times, greener pastures, you know, the, the, the glory days. Whereas over those first four games, <laughs> DJ Moore was getting 11 targets per game, had a 31% target share, had scored three touchdowns in four games, which was unheard of for DJ Moore, had an 84% catchable target percentage, and was averaging 100 receiving yards per game, Todd. Glory days. Woo, I, almost, I dropped the F-bomb. I don't normally do that on the here. But uh, yes, it's sexy, Todd. And glory days, excellent, excellent uh, rendition from you. Dave, don't forget, they'll pass you by. <laughs> That's true. 
Glory days, baby. And he had a 70% catch rate during that time. Now fast forward to the last from to weeks five through nine. DJ Market or DJ Moore's targets have dropped two targets per game, all the way down to nine targets per game now. His he's lost four percent on his target share, down at twenty-seven percent. His receiving yards have almost been cut in half, down from 100 to 55 receiving yards per game. And he hasn't scored a single touchdown over this span. Dark, dark times. Oh, gosh. It's tough to get through this, Todd. It's tough to get through my notes here. It's a bittersweet (laughs) symphony of DJ Moore. (laughs) So, and his catch rate, his catch rate has uh, dropped. 19% 19% all the way down to 51% and his catchable target percentage has fallen all the way has fallen 7%. So which actually isn't shocking. Uh 7% is not a huge drop. I was expecting like a 20% drop or something like that. But if you watch the games, you watch the targets, you'll notice that yeah, DJ Moore's made some drops here, but his targets are not like where you expect the targets to be. He has to do some not like spectacular, but he's got to adjust He's got to make, you know, he and he's a yak guy. He's trying to create, he's trying to make a play here. And and when you're not getting accurate targets, yeah, they might be catchable, but to consistently do that, you'll you'll see that inaccurate quarterbacks and their their uh, wide receivers often have a higher drop rate uh, because it's tougher for, because, you know, wide receivers, they, they expect the ball in a certain place. Uh, and when it's not there, it, it can cause problems, obviously. But so bad times. And I almost forgot, Todd, to mention the leaving DJ Moore out to dry from by Sam Darnold, who it was a I don't know, it's a stretcher ball, whatever the term is, an ambulance ball, where he got laid out, and I thought I saw his IR trip flash before my eyes uh, last week against the Patriots, uh, but he returned to the game here, and this is it's it's Sam Darnold, Todd. He he has been atrocious. He has been inaccurate. He's been turning the ball over. He, which has been killing drives. He's been taking sacks. He's been, he's, he's, he's still rushing the ball. So overall, just things have been very, very bad for Sam Darnold and the passing offense for, for, uh, for Carolina and more importantly, DJ Moore. And I think Todd, what does this all mean that the DJ Moore is a top 12 fantasy wide receiver, which he was well on his way. He was a wide receiver for Todd through his first four games in points per game and an overall. And I think that's, uh, that's a thing in the past. I don't think he's a top 12 wide receiver. He might not even be a top 24 wide receiver now, Todd, rest of the season, unless Sam Darnold can somehow right the ship, which I think it's, you know, I think he can revert to the mean a little bit here. He can improve a little bit, and DJ Moore could go back to 24. But if it if we don't see, it, it's not like they've been facing tough competition either, Carolina. It hasn't been atrocious. It, it, it's just Sam Darnold's has stunk. And unfortunately, I, I have to come to terms that DJ Moore... While he's not droppable in redraft, I wouldn't say that I had a couple questions like that asked this week. He's not droppable in redraft, but I would maybe think about starting someone else. However, Todd, he's still, beside all that, what I just said, he's still getting top 12 wide receiver type workload. That 27% target share, that's top 12 level. The the targets per game, nine per game is still solid. He's still being, they they were having him take snaps out of the, out of the Wildcat last week and a couple other times this season. They're still trying to manufacture touches for DJ Moore, even with Christian McCaffrey back, which is a promising sign here. So while I'm all doom and gloom with DJ Moore right now, because it is, things have not gone well. The peripherals are still there. I expect some kind of reversion uh, and, and maybe a top 24 
type season, but I, I unfortunately I'm I don't know if he's going to be a top twelve wide receiver the rest of the season. Dave, the one thing I got to say is is that I do believe that Sam can raise DJ's value. I believe that. Do you have any thoughts about that statement? I he it was looking good the first four weeks. I I don't. I mean. We had we just you just and I discussed Sam Darnold earlier on a show. I, I never said Sam Darnold. Uh, what? Sam Howell. <laughs> oh, you got me. me. <laughs> no, nah, man. I mean, I think DJ Moore is such a perfect buy low right now. And yeah, Sam Howell is the guy I would love to be in Carolina. I think Sam Howell. I won't go too deep in this tangent. I think Sam Howell should be the first quarterback draft in the NFL, like next year, absolutely. But he won't be. And. I think that's going to make him a great value in your rookie draft. So bank me on that one. Point being is that like they're going to have a new quarterback. Sam Darnold was a guy a few weeks ago that I said, oh, I believe in like after those four weeks starts. Well, I got fooled. He's like, I think I put him. Let me take a quick check. Sam Darnold is number 31. My number 31 ranked uh, QB at this point. I'm over him. But so that means a new QB is coming with that offense, with a more talented passer. DJ Moore is going to shine. The rest of this year, that's rough. If you're contending, I would move away from DJ Moore and see what options teams that are not contending have. I wouldn't like bank my entire future on it, but I'm not trusting DJ Moore in a title run whatsoever. And it's not DJ Moore, it's Sam Darnold. It's just Carolina in general. They're a mess. I think that obviously the line and... QB are the two biggest things that they need to do. And that defense is grossly improving and it's very young and good. Yeah. QB in line clearly are the needs when they come into the draft. And that those are things that they'll be able to address. I think that brighter days are ahead for DJ Moore, And I think he's a bit of a discount right now. I, I just, I just think there's a buy window there because Dave's right. You can't really trust him as a top 24 wide receiver the rest of the year with Darnold under center. I think he could can be Todd, but can you confidently say that? No, but I think he can be. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. If yeah. you can't confidently call him a top 24 wide receiver and you're contending, that's not a good thing. You know what I mean? You got to be able, like, I'm sorry, like, there's a, there's a whole idea about, like, you know, not giving away the future, but at the same time, you still got to play while you have the opportunity, you know? So if you have a chance at a title, go get that title and move more. I'm not saying, like, move him for peanuts, but, like, See what like a losing team has to be able to get back to you. Target Devontae Adams. Target some of these older wide receivers Perfect. with DJ Moore. Perfect. Yeah. I bet you some people would do Devontae for uh would give up Devontae if they're in a losing situation for DJ almost straight up. I wouldn't, but like, yeah, I think that that's totally reasonable. That's a great call. Now, Todd, I will say, going back to your Sam Howell comment, if they do draft a rookie quarterback, that is just a gross, gross mistake. They had their choice. They could have traded up for a quarterback this year. They could have drafted. They had their choice between Justin Fields and Mac Jones. It's just maddening, maddening that they're going to, they could have done it in a better QB class. And then, then they, and then what that does is that then DJ Moore has a season with a a rookie quarterback. Come on. I I completely agree with you. It's just frustrating. I completely agree with that. Like the fact that they didn't take Justin Fields was insanity. Insanity. It's frustrating, Todd. I think we got to move on here, but it's just so freaking frustrating. Do you have any last thoughts, sir? Nope. Let's move on to the more that you talk about more than anyone else. On Rookie Fever, possibly, but I've only talked about him once 
on this show. Oh, I mean, once as a main topic, as a main topic. Oh, total BS. Move on. I went. I checked the notes. No, Todd. I, I checked I, the notes. I'm. I'm not talking. Just move on. Just go ahead. Get get get, get your fix. Okay, so on social media week this week, it's been rag on Rondale, and I think mostly has to do with that AJ Green was in the COVID IR. DJ Moore had a, or DJ Moore Rondale Moore had a chance to stand up or stand out, and he really didn't do it. So I think it's rag on Rondale week. Am I disappointed that it wasn't all system go, systems go after he had that big game early on the season, and with AJ Green being out, he didn't explode with Colt McCoy as a QB. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm upset. I thought he'd be. T- I thought it was all systems go, uh, rocket fuel, all, everything. I was excited. I was ready for. I had the tweets queued up. I was ready to freaking da- a dance party, and it didn't happen. And would I like him to have better than a a, a league worst a dot or a league low in a dot? Would I like him to have a, better than his league low market share of air yards? Yeah, I really would. It's disappointing. It, it, it doesn't make sense. I think he's more versatile than he's being used at. First and foremost, Rondell Moore is having a very solid season through the first nine games. He's a wide receiver 46 in PPR. He's getting 4.6 targets per game. He's fourth in EPA among rookie wide receivers. Well, well ahead of, of I'm not actually, I don't want to. One thing that I've noticed, Todd, is that people are pitting rookie wide receivers against each other. And the top five or six rookie wide receivers, Todd, have had great, have had very solid seasons for rookies. Some have had been great, like Jamar Chase. but. I think it's a disservice. I think we should look at the rookie class as a whole or like the, the top six and say, this is great. This is what we wanted to see from this class and it's coming through. And it starts with, with it doesn't start with, but Rondell Moore is one of those players and he's getting a rush attempt per game. He's like 11 rush attempts. So he's getting over a, a, a rush attempt per game. So he's being trying to use as a weapon and he has been stopped at the one yard line two or three times. So he's had some bad TD luck, but he's being put in those type of situations to use as a weapon on the goal line, which is exciting. So a lot of positive things for Rondell Moore. Now, there's some weird, odd things, like unlucky things that are happening around him as well. Arizona, Todd, is the only team in the league with four wide receivers with at least 30 targets. And those top four wide receivers for the Arizona have 40 targets. So they are really spreading the ball out in, in Arizona. And Chase Edmonds has 38 targets to boot. And there's something like 25 targets towards the tight end or maybe more, 30 targets for the tight ends on top of that. So they're really spreading the ball around. I don't hear people talking about DeAndre Hopkins is sucks at football and is a bet was, you know, is a bust and is not, is not in the same class as some of the elite wide receivers because he's having a down year. Yeah. He's, he's still good. And I think Ron Dale is going to be still good, Todd, because Arizona is spreading the ball around. And an odd thing is too, this might not seem odd to some people, but Arizona is passing the ball. The 11th at the 11th fewest, like uh, whatever the least in the league, they have a 55% pass rate in neutral game situations, which I would expect Arizona air raid. They'd be one of the top five teams in pass rate, uh, top 10. No, they're 11th, 11th, 11th fewest or least. And now I, I was thinking like, oh man, that must be so different from last year. Uh, I went and looked actually, no, it's the exact same pass percentage as it was last year. So this is just, this is Cliff Kingsbury's offense. They, they like to have a balanced offense uh, run pass and they like to distribute the, they like to spread the ball around. Now, I thought that when I was doing projections and I was thinking about Arizona's offense, I was thinking Todd that it was be that pass rate last year was because they didn't have the talent at wide receiver. Christian Kirk kind of had an okay season but he disappointed. Larry Fitz was not himself, or the old Larry Fitz and 
Andy Isabella was a no-show, unfortunately, and it was just DeAndre Hopkins, essentially, last year. So I thought maybe with more tar, like with adding Ron Dale, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, and AJ Green, I thought this team could be have uh, would be passing the ball a lot more, and that is not happening. The takeaway here is I'm happy that Ron, you know, I think I'm happy that Ron Dale, I think everyone should be happy who has Ron Dale that Rondo's having a solid rookie season. He is still my rookie wide receiver too. I am not moving down him down my rankings. Now, I think clearly there are other wide receivers who are playing better than him or who have are are more valuable and are worth more value on your team. But I still think going forward, having Rondo more attached to this offense is going to be the thing, Todd. And a little thing that I've noticed last two weeks, his route participation has almost doubled the last two games. The first seven or weeks one through seven, he was only out there like 55% uh, or like, no, 40 something percent of the snaps or of the pass plays that has gone all the way up to 79% the last two weeks. So I think that could be a positive sign of things to come. But overall, Todd, I think Rondell solid. And I'm not going to sit here and, and say that Rondell Moore has been so much more efficient and has been more dynamic with the ball in his hands than Jalen Waddle, because that's just not what people should do. Uh, I, I think it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Dave, but like just keeping him as your wide receiver too is just straight up stubborn. I mean, Waddle's getting the work, Devontae's getting the work, freaking um I mean clearly Chase is one. I-, I could see an argument between him and Bateman because Bateman really hasn't really had the opportunity to like kind of overstep him, but like it doesn't really matter whether he's your two or your six. He's still a good like dynasty asset. And it's exactly what you said. Like they're spreading around the ball evenly because they have a lot of good players and AJ Green is gonna ride off in the sunset sooner than later so that's gonna be one less mouth to feed and that reality's coming sooner than later and AJ Green coming in and coming back to life just really screwed up the ceiling for more better times are ahead with this and speaking of a balanced offense you know dust off James Conner like trade him if you if you can now <laughs> so I, I'm still very, very high on Rondell, Rondell Moore. I was, I actually had very tempered expectations for his first season, and they're not. I mean, he's doing not as much as I thought he would have been, but it's also not really like I'm not like super panicked about it. Like any like share I have of him, I'm holding on to tightly, and I'm definitely kicking the door. That I'm definitely kicking the tires in every league to see what his price is right now. So I understand what you can say about saying that it's a stubborn to have Rondale as my wide receiver too still. Uh, I think people could say that it was stubborn to still like Elijah Moore. They thought he was busting. I think they people said that they people said that about AJ Brown when they first was playing. People were there was a lot over I think people should stick a little bit harder to the rookie evaluations, especially when it's he's not busting. Like, yeah, Nikhil Harry, he was busting his first year. Rondale Moore is not. Uh, so I'm looking back, maybe I, I was stuck more, a little bit more stubborn with Nikhil Harry than I am being with Rondell Moore. I, I don't have more Jamar Chase. That's for sure. That That's for sure. But, uh, I think that there is some, you're going to take Rondell Moore over Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I would. I that's would take terrible. the, I would take Rondell Moore and the value over him, to, uh, whatever. And plus what I could get for him too. Yeah. There'd be uh, a plus added too. Oh my God. No, just no, no, no. Yeah. That's, that's no. just. That's how I do it. But anyway, Todd, we're, we're doing this for about 30 minutes now. Wrap it up. Tell them where they can find you, buddy. You can find me at FF underscore Spaceman on the Tweet Machine, over on the Patreon, over right here on Tail Travis and in Rookie Fever. What about you, Todd? You can find me at FF underscore Bantraman over on the Twitter machine. 
And you can find all my stuff over at the IDP guys, rankings, articles, occasionally. But um, always find me up on Twitter to just have some banner. Peace!